went into the joke bank again this week. Nobody never reminded me last week until afterwards that I forgot the joke. So I saved them for this week. But an elementary school class goes on a field trip to the police station. And the officer points to the ten most wanted lists and tells them that these are the most wanted fugitives in the country. And the little boy says, is he the most wanted in the country? And the officer says, yes. And the little boy says, well, why didn't you keep him when you took his picture? <laughs> if it was that simple, eh, BJ? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy faith. Trusting Jesus. You wanted the crazy ones today? Amen. Faith that believes when it looks impossible. That's what we're going to talk about today. Daniel chapter 3, if you have your Bibles or devices, I do have the scripture on the screen for us as well. We're going to read through chapter 3. Verse 1 says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and his width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So they all gathered and stood before this image. Verse 4 says, Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at the time when all the people heard the sounds, they all fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore at that time certain Sheldines came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to the king, you have made a decree that everyone who hears these sounds shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Verse 12, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And he spoke, saying to them, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the harp and the lyre and the psaltery in symphony with all the kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. 
And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. You see, they didn't need to defend themselves. They were choosing to trust in God to defend them. Verse 17 says, If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. They were quite sure of this God whom they served. And then verse 18 says, But if not, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So regardless of how this goes, we won't bow and give in to this false god that you expect us to worship. And so this made this king quite mad. And verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So according to him and his plan, this wasn't going to go well for them. It says, He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and cast them in to the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, the furnace exceed, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So you'd think with that heat being so hot that that's it. It's guaranteed to be over. And then verse 24 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste. He didn't lose any time. And he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And then they came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the administrators, the governors, and the king's counselors, they all gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. Here's the key. Who trusted in him. And they frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. 
Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made as an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Father, thank you today for your word. And I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you will speak through your word as your word goes forth, that it will not return void, but accomplish what you've set for it to do in each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Faith means obeying God despite what we see, despite how we feel, or what the consequences might be. I'll say that again. Faith means obeying God despite what we see, how we feel, or what the consequences might be. Our modern practical world laughs at faith without realizing that people live by faith all day long. Humorist Josh Billings once said, if there was no faith, there would be no living in this world. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, I said, crazy faith is crazy, but it's only crazy until it happens. Crazy faith is crazy, but it's only crazy until it happens. And throughout Scripture, we see many different places and stories where crazy faith was required in situations and circumstances and challenges that people found before them. And we began this series a couple weeks ago on crazy faith, and we looked at faith that builds. We talked about Noah, and we looked at how Noah built an ark because he was instructed by the Lord to do so. And when you think about that, it was crazy because Noah hadn't seen any rain, and there hadn't been any rain upon the earth to that point. And so really, it was, cra it was a crazy thing to do to build this gigantic ark that God said to build because there was going to be a flood. There was no rain, but yet crazy faith and faith to build this boat protected him and his family from being wiped out in the flood that God said was going to come. And because he obeyed, he was saved. Him and his family. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you see, Noah obeyed what God said and he didn't question the instructions. He just did as he told him and believed the impossible. And we see many different places throughout Scripture where there were impossible circumstances and people had to believe by faith that God was going to see them through or carry them through this obstacle or get them over the other side of this challenge. The Red Sea, for example, was an obstacle where Moses and the Israelites had to believe that God would look after them. That he would make a way through the obstacle that stood in front of them. As that army is in pursuit of them and as that army is coming after them in battle, going to take them out, God opens the sea and they cross over on dry land. It took faith to believe that God was going to make a way where there seemed to be no way, where it looked impossible. And we see 
also with Joshua on the Jericho wall. God gave them instructions on what to do. Each day, for six days, they walked around that thing and did as God instructed them to do. But on the seventh day, they were to walk around the thing seven times. And on the seventh time around, they were to blow the, the ram's horn. And they were to shout. And when they shouted, the wall came crumbling down. Didn't make any sense. But it took faith to overcome the impossible situation in the midst of the impossibility. And God came through and He made a way where there seemed to be no way. And we can look at story after story throughout Scripture where we see God perform miracles in these impossible situations. And today as we have read this story from Daniel 3 of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've heard it said, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. We'll stick with the biblical name. But these guys were facing an impossible situation. They'd been, they had been chosen leaders. Daniel had petitioned on their behalf, and they have been chosen by the king in this time of Babylon. They were chosen to be leaders as they were, cho as they were chosen to represent the king. But what they believed in was a God that was greater than any God these people have ever known. The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is a God of the impossible. Amen? He's a God that performed miracles in the impossible situation. And by faith, they chose to believe their God. And the same God who these boys believed in and placed their faith in is the same God that we serve today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He never changes. And we can be certain and sure of that. So they now had this image that they were supposed to bow down to. And they were ordered by the king. That when the horn and the flute and the harp and the lyre and the psaltery in symphony with all the kinds of music sounded, that they were to bow down to this false God, this false image. But they chose to stand. They chose to trust God. They chose to believe in the midst of the impossibility. And because they did so, God came through on their behalf. And maybe today you find yourself in the midst of an impossibility. And it's only God Almighty that will deliver you and protect you in that fire. There's nothing that you can do that will change the circumstances other than to put your faith in a God who is able. You know, for many of us, this, this story is very familiar. If you grew up around church or if you went to Sunday school as a child, you heard this story. And it's very familiar and we've heard it many times over the years. And I believe sometimes these stories get so familiar to us that we tend to forget the impact that they can have in our lives. If we just apply these things to our lives the way that these guys did. 
Familiarity, I guess, is not always a good thing. It's good to upset the cart sometimes. Change things up. Change is not always a bad thing. Amen? Because this story is not just, is not just a nice story told by a storyteller many years ago. This is God's Word. And it's real life people that witnessed the hand of God that experienced the blessing of the Lord. And the goodness of God in their lives by the faith that they professed and stood on as they journeyed life with Him. And so these guys, they declared, even if God didn't come through, we would still trust Him. Even if He doesn't, we'll still choose to trust Him. That's crazy faith. Because they're headed into a fire that's so hot that nothing naturally will spare them. Nothing. So the question for us today is if God doesn't come through for you and for me, will we still choose to trust Him? If He doesn't come through in that circumstance, in that fiery furnace that's before us right now, will we still choose to trust Him? That's what these guys did. Even if He doesn't, we will still choose to believe. When things don't turn out as we believe they should, Will we still declare that He is God who is able to deliver us? Who is able to keep you and protect you? Will we still believe that He is the God of the impossible? Because it's not enough for us to just say we believe. Faith is an action word. And we have to act upon it. The Hebrew boys acted on what they believed and placed their faith in the God of the impossible. And you see, it's when faith is put to the test that it determines what we believe. And I know we've all been there. At some point or another, we've all been at that place in our lives. And somebody may be there right now. And you may be facing that situation where it's only God that will make a difference. It's only God that will change the circumstance. It's only God that will protect you in that. But will we still choose to believe? If it doesn't turn out the way that we feel it should or believe it will, what we still choose to believe. Because remember, God don't change. God is the same. He's the same now as He was then. What He did then, He can do now. They said, you can do what you want. You can ask us to do whatever you think is right, but we will not bow down. And if you throw us in the fire, so be it. 
But we will still choose to trust God in the midst of the impossible challenge that's before us. Now, if you think about a fire for a moment, fire burns things very quickly, especially if it's an old, dry building or if it's a newly constructed building that's still under construction. We've seen some of that recently. Down south, they had several buildings that burnt that was under construction. Things go up very quickly. And when you light a fire, whatever you put on that fire, it burns up. With some time, it will burn up. You can throw all kinds of garbage on there. You can throw metal cans in there. You can do whatever. And you might say, well, metal cans don't burn. Yes, they do. The hotter that fire gets, the better it is for burning everything. You know, I remember when we were kids, we used to, we used to have bonfire night. November 5th in Newfoundland, bonfire night was every year. About two months before bonfire night, we, we as boys would go out and start cutting boughs, we called them. It was trees there in the west. We called them boughs. But we'd go out and cut all these trees down, and we'd pile them all up in a big pile, and we'd gather up a bunch of tractor-trailer tires and all kinds of stuff, car tires, old car tires and stuff that people was throwing out and Kind of those aerosol cans and stuff like that, you know, because those things blows up and shoots off from the fire, right? You know, that brought some excitement into the night, you know? Right, Josh? But we would do this, you know, and we'd gather up all this stuff, and we'd light this big fire, and we'd have a bonfire. And at the end of the night, man, everything was gone. Now, there was nothing tall about, you know, green air or anything like that 30 years ago. Environmentally friendly was not in our vocabulary. Because when you put 12 semi-trailer tires on a fire, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing environmentally friendly about it. Just a tower of black smoke as far as you can see. But hey, it was fun. And then you'd have these cans shooting off, you know. They'd be going off in all kinds of directions. And we'd be running, wondering where the next one's going to come from. Because you don't know where it's coming out because you got so many in there, right? Yeah, it just made, just made life interesting. But fire burns things up. And these guys that carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up, they, they fell in the fire. They couldn't even stand the heat. They were gone. They were done. And so they were in a tough spot. You know, this looked like death for them. It looked like that it could be over. It looked like the end of the road because they chose by faith to believe in their God. They chose to trust God regardless of what was to come. And that fire was hot. And not only was it hot, but what the king ordered was that the furnace be made hotter. Seven times hotter. And it was so hot, like I said, it was so hot that those guards, they, they fell in and burned before they even got up there. And then these three Hebrew boys, they fell in the fire bound. They were tied up. They couldn't move. They couldn't release themselves if they wanted to. They weren't able to run away. 
And the three of them found themselves in this fire that was seven times hotter than what it usually was. But they still trusted God in the midst of the impossible. They trusted God. They believed in the God that they served. And they believed that with Him all things are possible. They believed that He was able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or think. And even if He doesn't rescue us, they said we're still going to choose to believe by faith in this impossible situation. And as the story goes, the others went and looked in the fire. And they said, didn't we put three in that furnace? Why is there four walking around? Where did this fourth guy come from? Who is he? What's he doing there? And they were amazed at all three of them. And the extra fourth one was unbound. They were unharmed. They were walking around in the fire that was seven times hotter than what it usually was. Friends, it doesn't matter how hot the fire is. It doesn't matter what things may look like. When our faith is in God, He will protect us and keep us in every fiery furnace we walk through. The story says that when they came out of the fire, their clothes wasn't burned, their hair wasn't singed, and they didn't even smell like smoke. And they put their faith in their God, in the God that they trusted, in the God that they lived for, the God that they had given their lives to. They trusted and they believed in this impossible situation. And God performed miracles. And He saw to it that they were not harmed. They were not hurt in any way, shape, or form. And they came out better than what they were when they went in. Church, can I declare today That whatever situation that's lying before you right now, you are coming through that, out of that, with the Lord by your side, and He is watching over you and protecting you through it all. Because when we put our faith in a God who does not sleep, in a God who does not slumber, but always watches out for His children, He will see to it that we are not harmed. Amen? And today you may feel like you're in a fire. You may feel like that that fire is hot. You may feel like you're in a situation where you don't know what to do. Things don't look good right now, whether that's emotionally, relationally, physically, financially, whatever that is. But I want to encourage us today to trust God, to put our faith in Him regardless of what that outcome may be. God will still be with us. He will watch over us and He will protect us and He'll keep us when we put our faith in Him and believe regardless of what it looks like. You know, there's many times in this last two years where you could look at it and say, well, How's all this going to go? Is this ever going to end? What are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? How do, we get the, how do we deal with this ministry? How do we deal with that ministry? Do we open? Do we close? What do we do? It's been a season where we've had no choice but trust God. 
No choice. Because none of us have been there before. None of us knew what to do for the best. So it's been a season where we've had to say, God, what do you want? How do we deal with this situation? How do we handle that furnace? How do we walk through that furnace? And if you remember, we declared in the beginning that this would not harm the church. It would not hinder the church. But we would be a church that increase. We would be a church that comes out the other side better than what we were when we went in. We declared that. We spoke it into the atmosphere. We believed it by faith. And we're coming out the other side of this. And God has united us. He's kept us together as a body of believers. And He's watched over us. And He's increased us in many, many ways. And we're very grateful and thankful to Him because it's God that gets the glory. It's not about man or what man can do or man can't do. It's about what God can do when we put our trust in Him. So today as I finish, where is your faith? What have we put our faith in? Is it in what we can do? Is it in our bank account? Is it in our business? Maybe it's in your partner. Maybe you've put your faith in a friend. But we all know that these things will let us down. But God is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And He always watches over His home. Have you put your faith in Him today? You know, we're in times where things seem to go from one escalated event to another. The world is chaos around us, and if, if it's not one thing, it's something else. And when our faith is not in God, in the God of the universe, our heads can be like one of those bobbleheads, you know, that sits on the dash of a car, and every little move you hit, you hit is going like this, you know. I, I, I thought about the bobblehead thing yesterday, and I wanted to get one, but I didn't know where to get it, so I figured, well, I'll just imitate it, you know. I figured that'd be funnier anyway, but... But, you know, these things, you, you watch them on the dash, and as they're, especially out there now, after the melt yesterday, I mean, you're going down the road, and everything, be, everything would be wacky, right? You know? But when struggles come, and the challenges are before us, we can be all over the place. Because if our faith is in any of these earthly things, we become like the man that James speaks of, and we're tossed around in the waves, and we get confused, and we get doubtful, and we lose heart in times of trouble. But when we stand as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, and we declare that no matter what, we will still believe God and stand in faith, knowing that He will deliver us in that time of trouble, when it's over, 
and the dust settles, we will be able to look back on it and see the protection and blessing of the Lord in it all. And we'll be able to testify to the goodness of our God. Because when our faith is in Him, the challenges, the obstacles, the fires, they don't look big anymore. Amen? Is your faith in the Lord today? Are we trusting Him to deliver us from that furnace experience? No matter how impossible it looks today, I want to encourage us to believe God in it all. Whether it's spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, relational, faith in God will deliver. It will protect. It will restore, heal, and provide when our faith is in Him. And maybe today you've never put your faith in Him. And you can do that today. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, it requires faith to be saved. Faith in a God that you have not seen. And it's not from yourself, but it is the gift of God. He gave His best gift. His only begotten Son for you and me. So we could enjoy life here, but also have eternal life with Him forever. He is a wonderful, loving Father who loves us unconditionally. And all we have to do is repent of our sin. Ask His forgiveness. Turn away from that way of life and invite Him to be Lord of our life and to live in our hearts from this day forward. And maybe today you haven't made that decision, you haven't made that choice to believe in Him and to have faith in Him today. I want to ask that if there's anyone that's watching us, that is with us today, if there's anyone that you need Jesus to forgive you and come into your heart, that you would say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again on the cross. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come into my heart today. I choose today to put my faith in you and ask that you would lead me in your plans for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. Pray for you and encourage you today. I'm going to get the worship team to come. If you're here, you need prayer for something. We want to encourage you to come this morning. Let us pray with you, pray for you, believe with you by faith today. If there's a furnace that is before you today and you don't know what to do with that, I want to encourage you to come. And allow God to minister into your heart today.
If you're joining us online and you'd like prayer, send us a prayer request through our website. Send us a request through Messenger. If you're local, you know our numbers, send us a text, whatever that looks like. But get in touch with us today. We'd love to connect with you and pray for you, pray with you. Believe in faith for the impossible. Because with God, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the message today. We trust you will have a fantastic week. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.